Before we start this week's episode, I just wanted to do a shout out to our regular listeners from Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne in Australia, from Paris in France, from North Rhine, Westphalia and Lower Saxony regions in Germany, and from Oslo, Norway. Thank you so much for regularly tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. We hope you are finding these spoiler-free reviews and recommendations somewhat useful, or at least somewhat humorous. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where I, Amy, and me, Kim, we need to start again. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I know that we just sort of absorb off into each other. That's why it's so difficult to edit this podcast is sometimes we say the same thing at the same time in the same sentence. I'm just going to keep rolling. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure with me, Amy. And me, Kim. We are the podcast where we bring you spoiler-free recommendations for your next Next romantic romantic read. And this week we are discussing Venetia by Georgette Heyer. And I'm going to do the plot summary? Yes, you're going to do the plot summary because I'm a all the plot or none of the plot person. It's true. You do struggle with the balance of plot. It's hard. Okay. Go. This is a book. Correct. <laughs> I, look, I'm going to begin. No, so, no, 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 no. Please, you can give me another chance. Sorry, give me another chance. No, you're sacked. I'm just no, going to no, no, start no. and then you can sack me. So, Venetia is set in Yorkshire in about the 1810s. These are the details I forgot. And, okay, so it is the plot centres around Venetia and her brother. Aubrey. Aubrey. And they essentially have an elder brother who is abroad in the army. The Polyonic Wars have just ended and he's still over there with the staff of Wellington wrapping up the conflict. So it's set about 1815. So Venetia and Aubrey's father has passed away and he didn't like to go out into society so they, she was never launched in London and they pretty much are homebodies and just live very much in their little community in Yorkshire. And so Venetia is older. She is early 20s, early 20s, yep, which is getting a bit on the shelf in terms of that era. You should be married and have her own house by this point, but she kind of can never go anywhere to meet anyone. There's only one eligible or two eligible men two in, eligible the in the neighborhood. Yep. One is about 18 and prone to poetry and the other is a very honourable young yes. man. Who is very straight-laced and very stiff and just wants to take good care of her. Yes, but Venetia has a little quirky sense of humour and is quite bubbly and vibrant. Yes, and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So she is running the household because obviously the house has been left to her elder brother and um, because he is abroad and therefore could not possibly look after an estate or run the household, she and her brother Aubrey continue to live in their family home and she runs the estate. So basically her life plan is to set up a house somewhere else Mm -hmm. for herself and Aubrey when their older brother returns and eventually presumably wants to marry. Because the now head of the family is overseas, that's kind of what has protected her from having to decide who she's going to marry. So she Mm. is unmarried despite having two suitors, the poetic young man and the very straight-laced, ready-to-take-care-of-her young suitor. They can't marry her or even offer for her because 
she needs the permission of the head of her family. So that's kind of the idea on that front. So she does have suitors. It's not like she thinks she's hideously unattractive or anything like that. But her life is on pause because her elder brother refuses to come home. Which won't come home. He's pretty much gallivanting around the continent, having a really good time. Next door, the neighbouring estate to Venetia's is... Is owned by a Rakel who has quite a dark reputation. Lord Damerel. Uh, And he essentially has, like, this crazy reputation. He's hardly ever home. He turns up occasionally and brings all of his friends for like a bacchanalian sort of house party (laughs) yes that's all gambling and orgies and he ran away with so his kind of smear on his scandalous past is past is that he ran away with a married married lady. lady and in a very passionate situation they ran away to the continent together so and then he returned many years later alone so everyone's like "Ooh, what happened to her anyway venetia meets him and they fall in love essentially and that's kind of it but they become importantly though very good friends they become very very good friends and often in georgette hayer novels the characters might just hate each other and spend half of it arguing they're way yeah, into no, falling in love yes, but no, this no. they from the very beginning find great delight in each other's company and the main the obstacle? main obstacle is that damerel feels that he is in absolutely no way good enough for her hmm. And that she is delightful and wonderful and actually just deserves better. And from her perspective, the issue on her end is overcoming the idea that men just think they know better and want to run her life. So it's about taking control for her. And those two kind of sides of that coin work together really nicely, I think, in the plot. And then there's a bit of a twist later on that I'm not going to tell (laughs) you about, dear listener. Spoiler free. uh, But is a bit fun and delightful towards the end. That kind of makes everything make a little bit more sense. So if you're like, uh, how do we come? Around? How do we sort of sort this? Just stick with it. It does come around, though. It's quite a short book for a Georgette Hayer. I thought it was quite short, but maybe I just really enjoyed it. The copy I have is a hard hardcover, and it's, so it's very heavy. thick. <laughs> it's not my. It's the thickest Georgette Hayer on my shelf because of that. Can I now talk about whether I recommend it or no? It's I get to go first. You went first last time. Yeah, but you give the plot the spoiler free plot summary. Fine, but you always make me do the plot summary. Well. Now it feels like I always have to go second because you do a terrible – you interject. Okay, fine. Kimberly, would you recommend Venetia by Georgette Heyer? Yes. Why? Because, dear listener, there is an audiobook version. So an important thing you need to know about me, it's come up on previous podcasts. Is this the reason you're going to recommend it? No, but yes. Okay. Uh, so, no, this is just my point of difference because okay. I know you also recommend it and it's no- nothing spoiler. worse than, uh, yeah, mm, nothing worse than hearing the same thing twice. So, right, this is okay. my point. What do we need to know about you? Great. Thank you. I have uh, two small children. One is three and the other is, what, like five months? Oh, they I don't know. know. He appeared as a guest, a yes, guest participant Arthur. on our episode about Previous podcast. Anne Gracie's uh, Chance Sisters. Your memory blows my mind. Yes, that is true. So as a person who is constantly having to sit and do tedious things with small children, I listen to a lot of audiobooks at the moment because it's hard to find time and energy to sit and actually read a novel. This audiobook for Venetia is read by Richard Armitage. Oh, yeah. Um, 
So it was recommended to me on the basis of the fact that just listening to Richard Armitage talk to you for a while is delightful. So someone recommended it to me on the basis of the fact that Richard Armitage would just talk to me for several hours. And to begin with, I will admit, the book starts and you're just in Venetia and Aubrey's Aubrey's kind of dining room having a chat, right? And I was like, eh, okay, I guess, like, it's Richard Armitage and, yeah, he's great, but okay, it's not, like, rocking any socks, it's fine. And his Venetia voice got a bit annoying, like, I had to get into the vibe of his Venetia voice. But then? Then we meet Damerol. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) And I get a text from Kimberly going, I get it. my God. (laughs) It's just like velvety smooth and it's got a rumble to it. And, oh, it's very nice. It's quite lovely to listen to just while you're sewing a hem or feeding the baby or whatever it is you're doing that means you don't. Cooking dinner. Cooking dinner. Walking to work. So the audio book version of it was terrific. Not just because Richard Armitage doing Lord Demerol is sexy as – but it was just really nice. He he did it yeah. really well. The characterization was awesome. So, yeah, I just feel like while the book itself is great, I have listened to some audiobooks where I'm like, this is quite a high quality of audiobook and the performance is great, but I still don't like it because I didn't like the book. This is, I think, enhanced. If you listen to this podcast and you listen to the summary and you think to yourself, I'm going to give Venetia a crack. I would do a step, by the audiobook. I would, I would, go a step I would totally further, agree. Yes, yeah. and say you should listen to the audiobook. Yeah, Even is, if you're not an audiobook person, let this be your first. Let it be your first and understand why Lord Damerol, as played by Richard Armitage, is just a really nice little treat. If you are a person who is short on time, all of the books that we have recommended you can get. I can't guarantee about some of the contemporary novels, though. But no. all the historical novels that we've discussed are available as audiobooks. Georgia Hayer audiobooks are really well done, probably because they've existed for like a 100 years, so they've had time to do different iterations and actually get them right. I also think, in part, they're quite often read by men. Yeah. And that's weird, but has worked. I've listened to a couple of audiobooks recently for books that we intended to talk about on the podcast, so romance novels, and read by men, and it's They've actually been quite nice. But a whole bunch of the Hayers, the protagonist voice is male, so it makes more sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would be weird of- for it to be written, to be um, read by the women. Amy, would you recommend Venetia? I totally would. I reread it as a book, not as an audio book. So you missed well, out. Hard copy fans. Yeah, I totally would. And part of the reason I really enjoy Venetia is the characters have so much joy in them, and I love the supporting characters in Georgia Hayer novels. The relationships the, between them were really yeah, nice in this. The relationships they? were fantastic. Aubrey and is great. Yeah, the brother is just he. He's a, a scholar. So mm-hmm. Aubrey is like say lame he has like a dicky leg and he's not very athletic but he's really yep. really clever and he's prepping himself to go to cambridge or oxford something like that so, and she's going to move to live closer to him yep. and stuff yeah. and they have a really nice relationship as mm-hmm. brother and sister but aubrey is this character who just he just anything can happen and he's like yeah all right because yeah. he likes, you know, reading Suetonius instead or reading the Plutarch and he'll just pop up at all of these times. So he provides this nice little sort of joyful relationship but also these moments of humour and comedy throughout yeah. the book. And then there's also a lot of people in the surrounding neighbourhood who really like and look out for Venetia. So they provide this Actually, beautiful- all of them, and even Aubrey them. does – I like the people who, because she's quite a strong character, I like the number of people who are looking out for her in a way that 
isn't oppressive. Yeah, they're not like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do this. They're just like, I just popped in and we'll have a gossip. Yeah. And they're all like that the, they don't disapprove of Anisha and her brother and the fact that they just sort of live on their own with a pack of servants. They disapprove of the elder brother Conway for not coming home yes, <laughs> and for not being very kind to them in doing that. So she has this really nice like urban family and I yeah. just love that. It's a really it, – it is – actually a sort of heartwarming and really cosy book to read. It is, yeah. Cosy is a great word to describe it. Even though the counterpoint is Damarel the Rake. But even Damarel is just lonely. He he's wants, lonely. He's, he's kind of ended up in this place in life where he doesn't have that urban family. And what I also really love about it, to extend on that point, is that when she becomes great friends with Damarel, it is through a friendship that is blossoming between him and Aubrey. Yes. And so it's really a case of mm. he – it's almost this adoption of Damarel into their, their, family. their family circle and then – as a sidebar, it's also would be convenient if she and him fell in love because actually he's already a great part of their family anyway. That's so, Audrey's perspective. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Aubrey actually says like that. that is sort of like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, you know, that'd be really convenient because I really like the, the chat. Uh, <laughs> it's got so, a great library, says yeah. Aubrey loves Damarell's library. <laughs> so I think, like, so that was really nice. It was kind of that, it was that coziness that was cool. Yeah, so I'd say if, you, if you're like... I want something really warm and cosy to read. And it that very much is a feel-good novel, although you know how I'm a romance novel crier. The very first time I read Venetia, which was in I think about 2001 after finding it at a book fest, mm. boy, I had a big cry when you're like, oh, the obstacle between them's too big. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's warm and cosy, but it does pull at your heartstrings at times. And Yeah, I totally forgot about that whole thing in the third act. Yeah, that is that is a little sad. I didn't cry. You didn't read it when you were 17. I wasn't 17. <laughs> no. And I always kind of have that moment in romance novels where I – it's that comfort. That's why I read them, I guess. It's that comfort. We've talked about this before where I'm like, well, they're going to get together. Like <laughs> – you know George Hay is not going to finish the book with, and it was just too hard. The end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> I'd love to write a romance novel. There's some that romance does that. novels we've read where we think that they just shouldn't end up together. Absolutely, but that's different. That's a different kind of lack of satisfaction. Whereas you know they're going to end up together. And this one is really satisfying, and the characterization. And just the writing style is really oh, I on love, point. Yeah, I love it in this book. And yeah. I do enjoy it. It's sort of different from some of the Hayers and the ones like we've previously discussed in episode two, Frederica, and we've discussed these old shades. Mm. But this one doesn't really happen in London, so it's not no. part of the ton. It's not part of the sort of ballroom scene because Venetia's been isolated in in Yorkshire. She's made the most of her life. She's happy with She's her little happy. country secluded life. She doesn't want, like, she does. There's that kind of girlish. It would be nice to go and see the big city, but. She's a country girl yeah. at heart, really. So it's this sort of self-contained But that's also what makes it cosy. Mm. That's why it feels homey and cosy and nice. It is quite pleasant to read a romance novel that isn't happening in the usual spaces that we're accustomed to in Regency romance yeah. of here's the ballroom, here's this concert, here's this, here's the park, here's riding. It doesn't happen. I think it also makes it a little bit more timeless. Yeah. It makes it feel a little bit more like it. 
It doesn't really matter what era it happens yeah. in, except, I mean, the thing, you know when it happens because they mention Conway and Waterloo, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. It could be the Crimean War. It could be anything, really. Yeah. It, all that matters is he's not there. Amy, do you think it's trash or treasure? I think it's treasure. It's super treasure. I'm listening to the audiobook again, that's for sure. Yeah, the audiobook is something to treasure, and, you know, if you're like, hmm, I like to test test drive books before I buy them and I get them from the library – Buy this one. You'll definitely be listening to this audiobook more than once. You sure will, because it's just delightful. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Audible.com. <laughs> we just use the Brisbane City Council Library Service. We 100% do. And that's a very much well worth looking into hey, in your current... Hey, shout out, Brisbane City Council yeah. Library. Do you want to sponsor us? No. <laughs> Somehow I don't feel like the Brisbane City Council podcast. I feel Council's like this episode's been a pitch. Listen to this. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for that's all for this week. Uh, join us again for another episode where we bring you a spoiler-free recommendation for your next romantic read. But until then, happy reading. Happy reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.